So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do you know someone? You know someone when you hear what they have to say. You know someone by the things that come out of their mouth. Have you ever judged someone by looking at them? And then when you hear what they have to say, and you go, whoa, I didn't know you sound like that. So I listened to this song throughout my childhood, and then one day I saw, I heard the song on TV. And when I saw the guy that was singing it, I was like, whoa, is that the guy that's been singing this song that I like all these years? He looks so young. But he looks so young. He has such a deep, low voice. And I appreciate the song more when I saw him. I get to know him before I've seen him. I've known him because of the voice of the song, of the lyric. We know people because what we hear them say. Have you ever seen someone who is really attractive and you're drawn by just looking at them? And then when they, you hear them speak, you go, uh, you say what? Your visual perception of that person changes because now you heard them and they sound, well, doesn't match with how you see them. Uh, we know someone by hearing them, by what they say, not just their voice, but the content of what they say as well. It conveys who you are. And we trust people not based on how they look. We trust people on what they say and whether or not they keep their word. Trust comes from hearing and then comes from experiencing whether they kept their word or not. Faith comes by hearing. All faith in God comes when we hear God, not when we see God, because the righteous shall live by faith, not by sight. We can't see God. Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen but believe. What are we believing? We're believing in the Word of God. So in the beginning was the Word. God has always been in the form of the Word for us. Now, we see Jesus, or we could have seen Jesus if we lived more than 2,000 years ago, but Jesus himself was the Word in the form that we can hear. And Jesus is still here because the Word is still being transmitted through us. So faith comes, all faith, your faith comes. You believe in God. You believe that God loves you. You believe that God is good. You believe that God will take care of you. You believe that God will save you not because you can see him, but because you have heard his promises. Do you believe that? Do you believe that when you wake up this morning, you would come to church and I would be here? Do you believe that? Why? Why would you believe that? Well, I, because I made a promise to you. Now, let me ask you, what if I did not tell you that I would be here, I opened the door for you, now, let me ask you, if you really, really believe that I would be here and you come here, would you see me? Would you? If you just try really hard to imagine that I would be here and that the church door would open, would you come and the church door would open? No, it wouldn't. It doesn't matter how strong your faith is that I would be here. I would have to tell you and that you would have to trust me for that to happen. So it doesn't matter how strong your faith is. You just have to believe in the word, in the promise of the person who makes that promise. 
Today, I want to talk to you about not how strong your faith needs to be, but that you believe in the promise that God made to you. You just have to believe in the promise. So it doesn't matter that this morning you didn't even think about the fact that I promised I'll open the door for you today. And you just come here, the door would still be open, wouldn't it? So it's not a matter of how strong your faith is. It's a matter of the promise being made to you. And now, go back to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes. So faith is not something that you possess. Faith is something that allows you to be justified, meaning you stand before God blameless. That's what faith would do for you. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you live in a family, unfortunately, that family is very mean to you. Let's say the father in the family constantly tell you, you are no good. You just take up space in this family. You can never do anything right. That you are no good to this family. If you hear that day in and day out, every time you see your father, he look at you, he shakes his head, and he said, you're no good. You're a bad son. What do you think that child will grow up to be? He will become whatever he hears. He will become that image of what he heard. Faith comes by hearing. All faith comes by hearing. Whether you become someone who is evil, or you become someone who is good, or you become a nobody, it all comes from what you hear. We learn by hearing. So it is important that the scripture tells you faith in God, the faith that works, the faith that will cause you to be justified by God comes by hearing, yes, but by hearing what? The word of God, hearing the word of God. Now, how many of you have read the whole Bible? Great, okay, can you recite the whole Bible? No. How many have read Romans chapter 10? Can you recite Romans chapter 10? You can't. We constantly need to hear because our limited capacity or incapability, some people can remember everything. Very rare. These people can hear something once and they remember. They see something once and they never forget. But for most of us, we can't. For you to have faith, you have to constantly hear. If I told you that I'll be here next week and open the door for you, how about the following 51 weeks? I don't know. I have to make that promise to you consistently for that to happen. You can't just hear me once and believe that's going to happen. You have to hear me all the time. Imagine what your mom says when you were born, such a cute baby, I love you. All right, that's it. For the rest of your life, you never hear it again. You think that your mom loves you? You might think so. You might come up with all kinds of logic and ideas and thinking that your mom loves you. But unless you hear it, you're not going to believe it. Because why? There will be time when your parents, your sibling, will look at you and they will say, I hate you. I hate you for doing that. Do you believe in what they say? See, people, we change and the things that we say to each other, every time we say something, it changes everything that we heard previously. 
Be careful in what you say. Be affirming in what you should be saying. So if you are in a heated argument, let's say with your parents, with one of your parents, and you walk away, upset, angry, and you hear this knock on the door. Doors open. Your dad look inside and said, "Daughter, you know I love you, right?" Would that change everything? You see the power of words. We are changed by what we hear. Not only what you say, what you hear, but today I want to talk to you about what God says about you, what God is saying to you. After you have been regenerated, faith comes. When faith comes to you, what does it do? When faith comes to you, and faith comes by hearing, when you hear God's voice, and here is an example I'll give you. The Bible says this, and this is what Jesus Christ Himself says. He says that, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have eternal life." Let me ask you: Do you believe that? Do you believe what Jesus says is the truth? Now, when you believe, does it change you? No, it doesn't change you. It doesn't change the way we feel, does it? Sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't. I just repeat something that Jesus says, and it doesn't move you. But is it the truth? It is the truth. So the truth does not depend on how we feel. The truth is the truth, regardless of how we feel. When you hear the word of God and the promises of God, don't rely on oh that word makes me feel a certain way and therefore it must be true, or that word makes me feel a certain way and therefore it must be false. Don't rely on that. Rely on this: the Bible is true. God is true. What He said is true. That takes what your mind it takes your mind to hold on to. Does it take your heart? It takes your mind to. You have to understand what I'm saying. Now, if I stand here and speak Greek to you, you probably don't understand. What causes you to understand or not understand? Your mind, your ability to understand. The difference between us human and animals is that we speak to each other and we understand each other, and that we have a. This is important. We have a history. The fact that we have a history is because we communicate verbally with each other. This is important. Animals don't have a history. Animal exists, they die, that's it, it's over. But we have a history because we communicate with each other. Words are important. What you hear is important. So be careful what you say. Be affirming in what you say, and be selective in what you hear. Because words are important, it is what makes us distinctively human, and have a history, and have a future. Words are important. Therefore, in the beginning was the word. The word of God created heaven and earth. It was the word of God that was spoken that created heaven and earth. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes, after you hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit comes. And give the gift of faith in your heart to believe. When I stand here and I talk to you about the gospel, what I'm talking to you now is the gospel—the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came, he died for your sin, 
he was buried, he rose again after the third day, and that he will come again, and all that call upon his name shall be saved. That is the gospel. Do you believe that? It doesn't matter whether you feel it or not, but if you believe that, then your belief has come from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you that faith to believe that. There are some of you, I hope none of you here in this room, listen to that and say, I don't believe it. The reason why you don't believe it is because the Holy Spirit did not give you the regenerative heart to believe that. So it is the work of the Holy Spirit that you are able to believe. And then after you believe, faith, that faith that you have will justify you. Those of you who will be baptized, faith involves three things. One, the Holy Spirit gives you faith that you can believe. Then, once you believe that you are a sinner, Christ is the Savior, last week we talked about this, then you would repent. And the Apostle Peter said, repent and be baptized. So those three things, those three elements, are constitute our faith. Once you have faith, then God will justify you. If you die today, you stand before God, and God look at you, and all he will see is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will say, no sin. You have no sin. That is justification. Now, the Bible also says that whomever the Father given to Jesus Christ, he will not lose any. Meaning he will save you and he will save you for all eternity. My question to you is, how do you know? How do you know that God will save you? How do you know when you stand there before God and God looks at you and he said, do you believe? And you say, Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. And you turn to Jesus and Jesus says, I have never known you. How do you know? That's what I want to talk to you about today. All this sounds good. It makes sense. The Bible talks about it. The question now is, how do you know that God will save you ultimately? According to our tradition, a theological tradition, we know two things. We know that the Bible is true. God does not lie. Nobody argues with that. Now, the other thing that you need to know, according to one tradition, is how do you know that you have true faith? Because we do know that in the church of God, there are sheep and there are goats. And why didn't God take the goats out and only leave the sheep in the church? It would be simpler for the church only to have sheep. The goats should be outside. Why did God allow the goats to be in there? The depth of the knowledge and the wisdom of God is unsearchable. We don't know. You can ask, and I tell you I don't know. But that's what the Bible teaches. That's what I believe. You know that in the church of God, there are two kinds of people. The kinds that have true faith, which is saving faith, according to our Protestant theology. And then there are kinds that have temporal faith. How do you know which one you have? You can look back to your experiences, and you can say, well, I was baptized. So you point back to your baptism and say, I was baptized. That means I have true faith, right? I stood before the church and I confessed my faith. I had true faith, right? The fact that you even ask that question makes your faith unsure. How do you know for sure? You don't. About 25 years ago, I was at a camp. Something miraculous happened to me. I was completely transformed. For some tradition says, oh, the Holy Spirit came and changed my heart. I can stand here today and I say, I will point back to that instant when the Holy Spirit came, I fell down, I got up, and my mind was changed, everything was changed. And from that moment on, I know I have true faith. Let me ask you this question. Can I rely on that? I can tell you another story. I saw a man 
who had exactly the same experience. He was touched by the Holy Spirit. He fell down. He got up. Everything changed for a short time. So how do I know my experiences are different than his experiences? I don't know. How can you rely on your experience? How can we rely on our experience to say that what we have is true? And when you're sick, everything looks unappetizing. You don't want to eat. Things that used to look good to you, tasty, when you're sick, you look at it and you have no interest. You don't want it. True? That's how we are. Our experiences dictate because we tend to go back to our experiences because that's the only thing we have to go back to. But you know that it depends on the condition. The weather gets hot, you get agitated easily. The weather is cold, you don't want to do anything. We are affected by external circumstances. And therefore, let me tell you this, your experiences are flaky. Don't rely on your experiences. Don't put your experiences as something that you can hold on to. Because we change, and our experiences change, and our memory, your experiences change. When I tell you that story, I can tell you I say it honestly, but if I go back at that instance, if I can, it looks completely different than how I remember it. So our memory of the experiences change. And therefore, I can tell you this, don't rely your faith on your experiences. Don't ask that question, is my faith true? Is what I have, or if my faith in God is the true faith? There's a term, there's a technical term for this, and it's called reflective faith. So to know that you are selected by God, you need to believe that God is true, what he said is true, and that your faith in God is true faith. What I'm telling you is, that is difficult. I would say that that is impossible. That is an unreliable way to put your faith in God. You cannot come here with your faith thinking that I will open the door for you. You just have to go on what I say. You can't just say, because I have such a strong faith in the pastor that he would open the door for me today, and then you come and see the door locked. Because it doesn't matter what your faith is like. What it matters is where I keep my word. So that's my argument today. Your experience, just because last week you came here and the door was open, doesn't mean this week you come here and the door is open. Your experiences has nothing to do whether or not I keep my word. But does God keep, keep his word? That's what you need to put your faith in. Not putting your faith in your ability to believe that God will keep his word. Rather than asking whether my faith is true, do I have true faith? This is what you need to ask. Is God true? Will God keep his promise? Is the Bible true? Do I believe it? That's all. Do I believe it? Here's the important part. Do I believe it right now? Do I believe in God right now? You don't have to go back into your history and your experiences to search and figure out whether or not your experiences will confirm whether or not God is true. Just read it. Believe it. Believe it now. Your experiences can't tell you whether or not God is true. Only what God says is reliable. And you need to go back to the Word. Now, ask this question, do you believe in the Gospel when I say that God will save you? Do you believe that? Your parents tell you they love you, but if they stop saying it, 
can you still believe that they love you? You can't. Number one, they're human, they can change. They love you when you were born, but now that you're a brat, they hate you. Human, we change, but God does not change. So you have a hope. Thank God that we have our parents. We are human, but God does not change. And he's true all the way through. He's true in the beginning and he's true now. And that you have to continually listen to what he's saying. You might have an argument with your parents, but then when you hear they say, I still love you, you know that. You know what they just said to you is true. And you can believe that. You can't just rely on when you're a baby. They said that. Well, I think, I think my mom said that when I was a baby. It doesn't work. With God, even though his word is true all the way through, he does not lie, but you need to hear it all the time because you are facing an enemy. What is that enemy? Your memory. Your memory is faulty. Your memory will say, God must hate me because I've done some wrong thing. But then you go back to the Bible and God says, if you repent, he is faithful and just, where do you read that? More. There are more things about God in the Bible. And as you learn more things about God, you are firm in your faith, but you not, never stop learning. You need to constantly come back to the Bible because there are more for you to learn there. So, do you believe in the gospel? Do you believe that God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness? Do you believe that? Yes, believe that. If you believe it, then walk in it. Think about this. Your dad just walked into the room. You've done something terrible. And he said, you know that I love you and I forgive you. We're not going to talk about this again, like it never happened. But then it still irritates you. You're still upset about it. So what you're going to do is you're going to walk downstairs, and you're going to have dinner, and then at dinner, <laughs> I apologize. We don't have this kind of family anymore, do we? We all eat dinner separate times in separate places. But anyway, just pretend. This is on TV, uh, a perfect family. And you say, but dad, but that thing that I did. And then the conversation starts again. And then fighting starts to happen again. You never go away. What if you believe in what was said and you don't bring it up again, even though it's right there, you know, at your throat, right there. But you believe that all is forgiven and you believe that, and you never bring it up again. You know, with God, the Bible says this, far is the east from the west, so God will remove your sin from the east to the west. He remember your sin no more. As if you bring it up, but God, I did that sin. And God said, what sin? Far as the east is from the west, so he will remove your sin from you. That's what God, how God does. We human, we can't do that because we have memory. Even though our memory is faulty, we tend to remember the ugly and the bad rather than the good. Right? Remember that thing that I did for you? No, but I remember you hurt me. I believe in the gospel, and if you believe in the gospel, this is what you need to do. You need to obey and walk in it. Not because your obedience and walking in it will cause you to be saved. No, 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 just your faith. But that will cause you to be happy. That's what it does for you. Jeremiah 10, 23. Turn with me to that. Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. This is Jeremiah talking. 
not in man that walketh to direct his steps. The way in which we walk, the direction, the path is not ours. It is not in us to know the way. We don't have the truth. The truth is outside of us. So how do you have the truth? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he also says that he who walks in me will have eternal life. So Jesus is the way. The way is not in us. We need to be in Christ. You understand the difference? To be in Christ is to adhere to what he said, the truth. He is the truth and the way. So our lives, if you think about it, Jeremiah is, is saying the way, if the way is in you, it doesn't matter if I walk this way or I walk this way, I'm still on the way because the way is in me. It doesn't matter where I go, the way is with me. But if the way is not in you and the way is this, if I do this, I'm sometimes in the way and sometimes out of the way. I have to keep on walking straight to be in the way. You understand this concept? Jesus Christ is outside of us. The story where he was washing his disciples' feet, and this is what he said to the disciple. He says, what I'm doing to you right now, you don't know. But you eventually will know if you allow me to wash your feet. That story tells you that we might not know everything the moment we set foot on it. But if you follow it, eventually you will know. But it takes faith, and that's where faith comes from. Jesus says, I am the way. If you believe in what I say, then walk in me. Don't think that the truth, when you hear it, you have it in yourself, and it doesn't matter I go this way or that way, I still have it. Don't, don't think that way. Think you have to walk in Christ to have to be in the way, to be on the way of truth, to have the truth. So the Bible would tell you what that way is. Number one, the way that you figure out where the truth is, is by hearing the Word of God. John chapter 20, verse 19. If you were there with Jesus for all three years, you heard his teaching, you saw his miracle, you saw his all the wonderful things that he did, you walk on water, you have seen miracles happen, lame man walk, blind man see, the lepers were healed, the people were demonically possessed, were delivered, and you would think, hey, I've seen all this. Let's just say that you are Peter. Hey, I've seen all this. I must have faith. I, I, I must know for sure, sure, sure that Jesus Christ is God. I even confessed it when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ. And then Jesus says, it's not you that came up with that. It was my father that revealed, yeah, I have faith now, don't I? You think about how Peter must have felt that he had everything within him already. And yet, after Jesus was crucified, what happened to Peter? I don't know. You, who are you talking about? Jesus who? I don't know. I don't know this Jesus that you're talking about. Who? No, I'm not his disciple. He denied him. How can that be? How can it be? that someone who was with Christ had all these experiences for crying out loud, he walked on water. How many of you walked on water? And yet able to deny Jesus Christ? Over what? Servant girl. How? How is that possible? That is possible because the truth is not in us. We have to be in the truth 
doesn't matter your experiences. You have to be in the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ. And the truth comes when you hear it. So when Jesus Christ appeared to them, they huddled together in a little house. They were so afraid. And Jesus appeared in the midst of them. And what did he say? My children, peace. They have to hear that voice. They have to hear the word of Jesus Christ. Then they would know what comfort is. They have to hear that. So parents, talk to your children. Reaffirm to them that you love them. Jesus does that to his disciples. Peace be to you. Friends, tell each other sometimes, you know that I care for you. I love you. It involves active listening. When you hear, you need to be with Christ to hear his word. And you need to hear his word constantly. Here's what he said, 10 verses down. Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, yet believe. It is not through seeing Jesus Christ that we have faith. It is through hearing his voice we have faith. So Jesus saying to the disciples, it's not because you see me, but those that truly have faith will continually hear me. And he will tell you how you can hear him. And that is in the next verse. And he said in verse 31, these are written that ye might believe. So first of all, what is written? God's word is written down. How is it written? By the faithful disciples. So you have in your hand the Bible. This Bible is the written record of God's love for you, his promises for you. So if you're not reading this, you're not hearing him. I'm just not talking about audibly hearing Jesus Christ now. I'm hearing the voice of God written down for you. The Apostle John says it's written so that you would believe. Not that you can see Jesus Christ, but that you can read, you can hear his word. By me speaking to you about the gospel, you might believe. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now that you hear, don't look back in your experiences because your memory is faulty. You might not remember everything that happened, but this is what you can do. When you hear something, do this. Practice. I'll give you an example. Some of you play an instrument, violin, keyboard. So let's just pick an instrument that you play, saxophone. You listen to Kenny G, and it sounds wonderful. And you even go so far as you download a pirated copy of his music on your iPad. And you look at it, and then you listen to him, and it sounds extremely good. And then you're satisfied. You go away, you go to sleep. In the morning, you wake up, pick up your saxophone, and then you're gonna play it. And it sounds, well, it sounds terrible. And you throw away your saxophone, and you just turn on the radio and just listen instead. What good does it do you? What we must do is we must practice immediately. Otherwise, you forget. You can't just sleep on it. When you hear something, practice, do it. When the disciples heard Jesus Christ, they immediately respond by obeying what he said. They don't go home and pray about it. They do it. If you want to grow in the Lord, what you hear, do. Happy are you if you do them, Jesus says. When you hear something, conform yourself to doing it. Consistency. Today, it is my 277th day of continuously 
learning Greek every day. 277 days. I will make it. How do you say hello in Greek? I don't know. Yet. I don't know yet. But let me tell you about consistency. Every day before midnight, if I don't do it, I break my streak. I have to make sure I spend some time to do it. Have I learned anything? Let me tell you this. Cognitively speaking, yes. Can I tell you how to say hello? Uh, not yet. I don't even know how it sounds. I just look at the word. After 277 days, this is what I can tell you. Some words, I look at it, I don't have to translate anymore. I know what it means. Some of you learning a foreign language, you might sympathize with what I'm saying here. It's like this. Some of you read musical notes. Each note has a name, doesn't it? So do, re, mi, fa, so, or a, b, c, d, e, f, g. When you look at the musical music sheet and you try to play it, do you voice the name of the note or you just play it on the instrument? If you voice the name of the note, you never play it. You look at it and you just know where to press and what to do. Part of your subconscious memory. It's not part of your conscious memory. That is where we need to get to in the Word of God. Conforming to the Word of God is get into your subconscious. And the only way for you to do that is by practice consistently. Practicing consistently. If you don't practice consistently, you will never get there. Your subconscious mind can process the order of magnitude exponentially more than your conscious memory. If someone who just learned how to sight read music, they will look at the note and say, okay, so F-A-C-E, so the space between F-A-C-E. And if you just learn music, a note, you go, okay, let's see. And then the next note, F-A-C-E. How long is it going to take you to play that piece of music? And you will hate it. Is you want to learn it so that when you see that note, you play that note on whatever instrument that you play. That is your subconscious memory. Now, think of playing 16th, 32nd, or 64th, it's impossible. You will never be anywhere near in playing music if you just have to figure it out every time. Okay, so the Bible, so the gospel is, um, um, no, it has to just come out. It, it has to be part of your subconscious. And how does it become part of your subconscious? Practice every day, practice every day. What you hear, you practice every day, conforming to it, until we come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man, unto the measure and stature and fullness of Christ. How do you become that? You read, you read, you read, read all the red letters. Read it over and over and over again. Read it day and night. Practice it. Study it. How do I study and memorize a verse? You read it over and over and over again. From my office to the gym, seven minutes, seven and a half minutes to get there. Romans 8 has 39 verses. I have to start before I get out of my office until I get to my locker room before I finish that whole chapter. But every day, I do it twice, once getting there and once coming back. And I'm able to recall all of the verses in a shorter and shorter time. And hopefully, one day, I'll be able to recite all of it within the seven and a half minutes when I'm walking outside. What does it take for me to do that? Practice every day. Practice every day. You need to practice every day. Practice the gospel every day. When you practice, when you immerse yourself in the gospel, your brain changes. 
When you practice something, just like music, your brain changes. What does it take? Practice. When you practice, your brain changes. When you read the Bible, and you're constantly reading and studying the Bible, your brain changes. Your brain changes. I listen to the Bible at 1.5x. The rate in which the audio is played is 1.5 times faster than normal. Now, every time I wipe my phone, I do this on every quarter, I wipe my phone, I reinstall, and when the Bible app starts reading to me at 1x, it is excruciating slow. My brain is already adapted to how fast things go. When I listen to this message after it's recorded, I sit there and I go, oh, when is this guy going to speed up because it's so slow. He speaks so slow. I'm speaking so slow when I'm speaking to you. So you know what I do? I speed it up by 12% because my ear and my voice and what I say became disjoint, distinct. Your brain changes when you practice mature in the Lord. Remember the story in Luke chapter 24, verse 32, the two friends on the way to Emmaus, this is what they said when Jesus walked with them. And he said, did not our hearts burn within us while he yet talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? What happened to them? They were walking with Christ and then what happened? Their hearts were open. So it takes time for us to walk with Jesus Christ, then your heart can be open. But your heart will become closed as you stop walking with Christ. It takes constant maturing, walking with Christ. Think about you only practice your violin once a month. Would you be good at it? No. A violinist listen to a piece of music and be able to reproduce it perfectly? No. You have to constantly listening Practicing, reframing, that's how you mature, that's how you become good. The last thing I want to talk about is your refining process. Jesus has given us his spirit, and the spirit, he said, this is a good thing for you because he sent his spirit to us so that the spirit will help us to learn about Christ and to learn Christ every day. The Holy Spirit is what would teach you and I in John 16, 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever shall he hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Jesus Christ has given you and I his spirit, the spirit of God, to walk and to be with us and to teach us. In your daily life, this is your prayer. Teach me, Holy Spirit. The spirit does not teach unless you have the fundamental. He has nothing to teach you unless you have the Word of God with you. What will the Holy Spirit teach if not the exposition or the explanation of the Word of God? So we need to do our part. Study the Word and the Holy Spirit will teach you the truth. That's how you know your faith is true, is that you're constantly walking with God. Let's stand. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we give you the church and those who are in the church today. As we learn, as we partake of this divine truth, may we hold on to it with all of our hearts, our mind, our soul. And may we never depart. May it never be a day when we say we've got everything. We understand everything. But I pray that we'll have the humility to continue to learn, the humility to continue to press forward and say, 
There are more things that I need to know. There are more things that I need to learn. And may our mind, our brain be shaped by the Holy Spirit, a form that when we hear what you say, when we hear your voice, we recognize it. You said in your word that my sheep hear my voice because they're familiar. Lord, cause us to be familiar with your voice. Cause us to be familiar with the scripture, with the Bible. The things that we have read become second nature to us. That when you speak, we hear, we know, and we learn to be in the truth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.